Shachtan, an Indo Askelige. Time in Mon Irok the Yen of Chacht Erachor, Agasuligum, a Makan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nach Vetok, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestian Echo. Vien Talam again Omgrev, Orkar Nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. This is an Irish independent podcast. Hello and you're welcome to The Big Tech Show with me, Adrian Weckler. Now, have you noticed the rise in deep fake videos doing the rounds? Videos of famous people like politicians or broadcasters, Leo Varadkar, Anne Doyle, Colette Fitzpatrick, seemingly saying things about cryptocurrency or secret deals or information or stock market secrets but it's not really them, it's synthetic. Well, Ireland seems to be following in the wake of the US, the UK, lots of other places with many more of these about, and it's partly because they're now so easy to make. So we're wondering whether we're just stuck with them. Are they going to become a threat, for example, to elections here, maybe this year, the UK, the US? Should we just get used to them? Well, Paul Sweeney is the co-founder and chief strategy officer of Webio, an Irish conversational AI firm. Paul, welcome to the podcast. Ah, thanks for having me on. Good subject today. I am seeing more of these. The one that we mostly have been talking about over the last few days is that one that went viral on Instagram. I think it was on YouTube as well. And it purported to show uh, Colette Fitzpatrick of Virgin Media introducing an item where Leo Varadkar uh, talked about this app that gave you, you know, a rocket ship into the stock market. Um, I've also seen stuff with Anne Doyle as well. Are you seeing any of this? Yeah, I see some of it. It comes. I, I tend to have a fairly curated uh, social media presence, but uh, I am on social media, so I yeah. do see things. I, I mean, on one level, it's not that new a thing because we're used to seeing celebrity ads, fake celebrity ads for years. I mean, Miriam O'Callaghan spent five years, ended up in the high court, mm. got an apology from Meta over fake ads that were appearing on Facebook, mainly uh, purporting to show her endorsing uh, skincare products. But this is kind of a different level, isn't it, these deepfakes? I remember seeing Unreal Engine, they're a video games mm. producer, and they were producing basically fake people for your games. And you could do these really amazing close-ups and they were incredibly well-produced. I mean, you you would not know that they were not real people unless you were really, really, really super mm. close with some really high-tech stuff. But the, the kind of transformation came when um, systems like ChatGPT, without saying specifically them, but technologies like that, uh, large language models, um, made the creation of images and the creation of video just so much more simple and cheaper. Mm. And so I think I, I, I like the term, uh, before I get into the terms of cheap fake, right, as opposed to deep fake, the, the cheap fake is like a voice that you get over the telephone and it goes, hey, you know, you're, um, this is your daughter 
or your granddaughter and I'm I'm trapped here and I need some money to get out of this airport. And because you're just as susceptible to a telephone scam as anything else, you respond to it and send some money, right? People do it all the time. That's why those scams still exist. Is that not mainly a text message that you get? No, it can be text messages. It can be voice calls. I haven't heard the voice call. Oh, yeah. The the voice calls is a thing now. So you get, um, uh, let me just plot a little line for you here, right? So you have a narrative before, like, I am a Nigerian prince and I can't get my money mm. out of the country, right? Um, then you've got a, a voice uh, saying, this is your bank. Um, I need to get your security details because there's been an attack on your account. But on voice, they've always sounded a bit fake to me. They've always sounded a little bit robotic, a little bit your Amazon, uh, this that kind of way. Now, are you are you saying that that's evolved now into more? Ab- absolutely, hundred percent. So hmm. that's now that. getting super super good, super clear, and and it kind of brings you to the next level. If you can do this properly at scale. I'll do it in a local accent. Just to show people how easy and cheap it is to do a deep fake. I did one a few days ago. I was writing about it in the Sunday Independent and I decided, you know what, I'll I'll try and do one just to to show people. And from Googling the term to actually a completed video, it took about 15 minutes. And it was it was basically just me using one of the online AI generators, which asks me to talk into the webcam and the microphone for 30 seconds. It then trains its systems uh, on me. And then I type a few lines or whatever I want, in fact, into online uh, text boxes. And then it repeats to me as a deep fake of me using gestures, facial expressions. I sort of have a weird approximation of my voice, a little bit too American, but mm. not bad based on 30 seconds. I put it out on social media and some people were like, yeah, that's a problem. Other people were gobsmacked. They thought it was alchemy. They, they actually weren't aware that you could do this. Yeah. It, 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 so but as you said, right, that's the cheap version. Mm. And so you think about it as, hey, that's probably good enough to do a particular type of job for you. Like if you're a scammer, there's a particular job that that could do. I, I, think, it, I, I think it was something like that that we saw with the Colette Fitzpatrick and Leo mm. Varadkar deepfake. Because if you looked at it fairly closely, Leo's voice was a little bit too American. His movements, if you looked at it on a laptop screen rather than a phone screen, occasionally were a little bit robotic. Now, please, no jokes there, yeah, sure. please. Sure, yeah. <laughs> um, I, and I, I saw the same from my own deepfake. If you looked at it on a larger screen, other than the accent, you would notice the very odd glitch. You'd notice maybe a little bit of inconsistent movement. But if you were looking at it on a, a smartphone, it was totally plausible, especially just for a few seconds. Again, just getting to the the kind of overall kind of trend here, which is that's going to get a lot better, a lot faster. That's just that's just the trend. So it's not 100% today. Give it another three to six months, and it'll be incredible. Like, it'll just be just great. Okay, so th- so three to six months then. Yeah. Now, there are a few things happening in three to six months. There are some Allegedly. elections happening <laughs> in the UK, yeah. in the US, very contentious one uh, in the US at the moment. The primaries are kicking off. We have a referendum here in Ireland. Mm. Do you think by the time those elections happen that we'll see any 
impact, any engagement, any involvement, even any attempts at involvement from deep fakes in those events? I'd be shocked if there wasn't. Like the difference between the amount of effort you have to put in for a 15 minute video, right, that you are generating there versus you're someone who knows that a politician is going to be doing something in a week's time. And you've got the time and effort and resources to lay a little bit of groundwork, do a couple of days training on a model, really finesse it, and then wait for the day and then put out a really good deep fake. Now, I, I'm kind of thinking of these as like the, the, the constant messaging around, you know, you can't trust the government, you can't trust elections, you can't trust RTE, you can't trust media. Like these are the repetitious messages that come out and they're cheap and they're over and over, but cumulatively they'll, they'll have an effect. And then you've got something that looks much more like an influence operation, which is you spend a lot of time, you put some resources and you wait for the moment to release your deep fake, but you've prepped the ground for it and you've got it ready. Correct me if I'm wrong, you might have more information than me, but it seems that their default approach to this is to wait until somebody complains about it or flags it and then they take them down. But the issue with these deep fakes, these deep fake ads, is that it's like whack-a-mole because it's just account after account who keeps putting them up. And um, I'm seeing the same ones repeated on multiple platforms. So it's not really a very effective strategy in uh, in dealing with them, is it? Well, I, I think they have to do something, um, whether, you know, how effective it is like, I, I think we don't see the amount that they stop. That's the other side of it. I know that the impetus now seems to be, hey, you as a citizen have to understand what a deep fake is, have to be aware of the signals that this may not be a true thing. Go search for some of the indicators, such as if you're seeing a face and the eyebrows and forehead yeah. wrinkles aren't moving. Do you know what, if, though? Do you know what? I mean, we've been we've kind of been through that for about five years with quote-unquote fake news, and that is a long process to, 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 to educate people on that. And if you've got a bunch of key elections coming up in six months' time, I don't know. It, 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 there may be something a little bit more urgent about it and I just, there was one point that I picked this off of the um, MIT um, Deep Fake Lab website, which was uh, one of the points that, out of the 10 points they were going through was watch the glare and light movement on, on glasses. Mm. And I'm going, who's looking at every no. <laughs> video for the light reflection of glasses, right? And it, it's again like. You're into ray tracing chatter there. Um, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. Do, you know, do you know what? I was kind of thinking, look, if this, if deep fakes are here with us to stay, I wonder, could I, is there any way I could use them for my benefit? I, I don't mean any of that constructive stuff. I mean, I want to cheat at my Zoom meetings and my Teams meetings. Can I create a digital avatar that is credible enough to the degree, the level at which there are some people who watched the deepfake that I made a few days ago and, and posted on social media and thought to themselves, that actually looks like a credible version of Adrian Weckler that I'm seeing right now. I believe that that could be Adrian Weckler. And if he hadn't told, if he told me that that wasn't a deepfake, I would believe it was him. Can I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, if, if, deep, if deepfakes are here to stay, can I use them for my benefit? Let me give you a couple of ideas as to how they're already being used today. Um, so let's say you're a podcaster and you've got an Irish tech 
podcast or something crazy like that. And you said, hmm, I really think that I'm limiting my audience here to the English-speaking world. So why don't I have Adrian and his guests speaking in French and in mm-hmm. German and in Spanish? Because that you know, really expands my market. Well, there are services today that will do that for you. Mm-hmm. And it will be in your voice. It sounds like Paul speaks French, which I guarantee you I do not. Well, there is a major smartphone vendor is about to launch the latest flagship version of its product, which is rumored to have that built in to their their flagship phone. So I, I, I can see that becoming a consumer service pretty quickly. So if you consider that almost like a setting, you save that to your account. And that's how I tend to phrase things, my degree of formality, the temperature of my voice kind of thing. That's saved. Now you've got to figure out, okay, well, what would I say about things? Like, how would I know that? You say, well, what's your content? Like, what are your documents? What are your interviews? What are your, where's your content? And you feed your content into the model. And now the model is re, uh, rebalanced to go, okay, this is how Paul would answer it. He would take forever. He would have a very long sentence structure. He'd talk in paragraphs. But if you were to interview me and say, well, I can't interview Paul. He's away somewhere. I'll interview Paul's kind of avatar. And if I have questions, I can ask the avatar. And if I'm happy with them, I'm happy with them. If I'm not, I can kind of park it and follow up on another follow on email or whatever. Um, so I think that that's what people are experimenting with now. Okay, so you're saying the raw materials are there to build one of these. You know, people think it's dystopian to have, say, an AI companion. And in one sense, it absolutely is. And it absolutely like speaks to something that's a little bit wonky in society if a large enough number of people feel that their best shot of companionship is something synthetic. That's absolutely true. But it is also true to say that life can be quite complicated and there are circumstances in which people are lonely or isolated or alone um, for for various reasons that are not dystopian. And for example, if you look at elderly people in recent years, there's a solid enough argument to be made that in some cases, social media services like Facebook have helped them out somewhat. In, in mm-hmm. at least having some sort of interaction, even if it's online, even if it's just to, you know, relatives or friends or or even if it's just crankily commenting on something that's that's going on. We've all we all know the movie Her with Joaquin Phoenix and the, the AI companion in his ear in in the piece. And we've started to see influencers, which are uh, total visual representations along the lines of what you were describing mm. earlier on. I wonder whether there might be, we, we might start to see an actual viable industry there using deep fakes or call it synthetic video allied with, you know, the step changes in AI that we're expecting, for example, from GPT-5. You, you put all that together and, and are you seeing the birth of a new kind of industry there? Well, let me take it back two steps. I remember being in my kitchen, my mother as a kid, and the the radio was on in the background, RT Radio 1. There was Marion Finucane talking about what was going on in the world and chatting away. And it was like you were sitting in on their conversation and people would chat back. Oh, you're so right. Absolutely. So you're you're there in the the kitchen, right? And you're chatting away. The radio can't hear you. Um, people talking back to the football game, shouting at the TV, go, what do you want? 
So people have always interacted with it. I think the 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 challenge then with kind of loneliness services was the actual difficulty in in parsing the sentences properly when it was kind of random. Like you could ask for the news, you can ask for Alexa to do something specific for you. But the term is it couldn't really disambiguate effectively for for a large, wide range of things. And that happens to be what a large language model is really, really good at doing. It's really good at saying, ah, he wants to know how fast a leopard can run if it's against the wind and whatever this is a, and it can figure that out. Whereas you'd have to specifically design those kind of question routines. Well, let me put it to you another way. So I have several online photo cloud applications that I use. Take Amazon, for example, because you get unlimited uh, storage for photos with Amazon Photos if you uh, subscribe to Prime. So I find that to be a very handy one. And I get weekly reminders of this is what you were doing on January the 15th Mm. last year. Now, fast forward, let's say you have an uh, an avatar, deepfake, an AI yeah. companion who says, who can initiate conversations with you and say, hey, do you remember that time at four o'clock uh, this time last year? Do you remember when you were on the beach? Do you remember that sunset mm. you saw? And it might be combining a photo you took with a location you were in with something that happened maybe that day or uh, some exchange you had with some other person or service uh, yeah. based on the permissions that you have given for that AI to to collect and parse and stitch together the bits of your experience. Can you see that kind of a service? I, I, I think it's uh, a certainty that you're going to get some variation of that. Um, I think the difficulty is still the kind of interaction pattern that we have. Um, as humans, we if something is presented to us as a mechanical thing, we go, it's a mechanical thing. You give it, you know, try it, give it some some space. But if it's positioned as this is human-like, anything that it messes up, any subtlety in behavior, any subtlety in phrasing, or or the way it tries to have a conversation with you, we have we respond very poorly to it. Don't we have affectionate relationships with with inanimate objects like cars and things? Yeah, we do. But I love this particular example with language. Um, I was at a uh, a session with uh, Elizabeth Stokey. She's a kind of conversation analyst for for many many years, and she was giving the example of um, uh, two two examples. The first one was uh, a woman rings up the Garda station, the police station, and says, um, "I'd like two pizzas, um, yeah, yeah, cheese and pepperoni in the first, and this, the meat special." No, you're at the Garda station, the police station. You're going. Are you crazy? This is the police station. Yeah, yeah, I'd like I'd like a Coke with that too. It's like, oh, okay, this is a distress call. Like, she can't tell me that her her attacker is with her or that it's domestic, whatever. She's called station. The, the, the social code is that context is so bizarre, there's something up here, right? Um, and it the other one is one that resonated with a kind of particularly Irish thing, you know, the casual conversation. I'd say, Adrian, are you up to uh, any plans for Friday night? Now you're going, oh, God, he's a, he's a fine lad, Paul, but I don't want to be stuck with him now on Friday night. And you say, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm out with my um, my college mates. We're going out to uh, Scary's to this great place we used to go there. Really looking forward to it. And I go, oh, great, enjoy 
enjoy the evening. There was a whole short circuiting in that conversation that's very cultural about like preempting an ask, preempting the next step in a conversation, etc. And these are very subtle social and cultural constructions. So we don't have to do that with an AI because an AI says, hey, fancy <laughs> conversing on Friday night? You just ignore it and you're, it's incapable <laughs> of, of, unless you have a pre-setting which, you know, uh, which is set to, you know, moody or emotional or, you know, like mood swings. And it's part of the appeal of it, which they come on to the next day. You never responded to my text or something like that. But anyway, I'd love to continue, but we, we're going to have to leave it at that. But thank you so much for the uh, the benefit of your considerable experience there. Um, Paul Sweeney, co-founder and chief strategy officer of Webio, Irish conversational AI firm. And congratulations to Paul and to Webio um, belatedly for... Uh, some time back securing investments. Thank you very much for joining us on The Big Tech Show. Uh, JJ Clark produced this podcast and Gavin Hennessy was on sound. For me, Adrian Weckler, talk to you soon. Yeah, having my head shoved into the uh, steps of the Ulster Bank in Ranla cold butt of a gun put into the back of your skull that's a moment where you go okay yeah I think this one's up how does a high-flying academic become one of Ireland's most prolific bank robbers what I would see is the most important part of this still lies open I'm not here to hurt you a brand new series from the award-winning team behind the Indo Daily that November day that's where it all, all begins out now wherever you get your podcasts <laughs>